Glad to see y'all are back. You were duly warned. You knew I was going to be here. I heard him announce it several times. Ryan, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, I'm told that when a speaker gets, and I've seen it, I've seen it firsthand, when a speaker gets up here and seems nervous and unsure, that it makes everybody in the audience the same way, that they're tense and they're, you know, uh, bothered by anything that's going to happen. I don't want that to happen. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be able to listen to the scripture that we're going to have tonight. And um, I just want to be as relaxed as I can be. I love this scripture. I love what it's about. And I love what it tells us. Um, I'm not going to try to kid anybody. I want you to know before I start that I am totally depraved. I am a wretched sinner saved by grace. A lot of what we're going to be talking about tonight. I had nothing to do with it. Um, I was saved by a God that loved me more than I ever knew and have just really, you know, probably in the last half of my life, I really started to understand a lot of that. Shared my testimony before of being a young man, being saved, and like so many others, walking the aisle, thought that's all there was to it. Truly believe that's when I was saved. Um, I just was ignorant of all the stuff that the Lord had truly done for me, and I'd like to talk about a little bit of that tonight. Karen reminded us, Karen Ryan reminded us this morning that uh, this is Grace's 15th birthday. Um, I have personally been blessed to have had um, at least two pastors and a couple of other guys to mentor me in the ways of uh, election and just understanding the word, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not anywhere near... Um, privileged enough to stand here before you, but I do that because I love you. Let me look again. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Most everybody, I'll let you figure out the ones I don't, but no. Uh, I love this congregation. I love this church. I love what it represents. I love our string section. I love our piano playing. I love what the people are doing, uh, what everybody has just uh, got a job, everybody's doing something, and it is just so wonderful to be able to sometimes stand back and just watch them do what they do. So I want you to relax. I want you to, as much as possible, if I look nervous, I'm trying not to be because I really want to communicate this. Uh, we'll be reading out of Ephesians here just shortly. Um, and before we do, I just, uh, I want to encourage you, I want to help you in any way that I can, um, uh, I keep it pretty simple, uh, now Pat is a little bit more used to this than I am, he does that Gideon thing where he stands up in front of people all the time, and, well, he's done pretty much everything today, but <laughs> that's because I let him, <laughs> Uh, it's uh, pretty helpful when he'll just kind of take the horns and run with it. So before I get in and start reading in Ephesians, I want to tell you a little bit 
when you, when you start to do this, you don't realize the thoughts that run through your head. You're thinking, you want to say this, you want to say that, you want to try to communicate what the Lord wants to get. And I know ultimately that the Lord will communicate what he wants you to hear. Um, but I, uh, I think, as I look over this little bit of a crowd, Pat mentioned this morning they're saved and unsaved. We, we get that. I think I'm going to take that one more. We've got sheep, lost sheep, and goats. If you are sheep, you have never been a goat. You get what I'm saying? Sheep are the saints. Those are the ones that the Lord seeked out and saved. That he laid out the abundance of grace. The lost sheep are those that haven't come to sainthood yet. But I can assure you of one thing. If you are a lost sheep, these words, this scripture that we're on tonight, if it pricks your heart in the least bit, if it makes you kind of go, wow, I never really looked at it like that before. I never really realized what God had in store for me. Maybe that's, maybe that's for me. I just want to say, run to Jesus. It's that time. It's look, look around people. It's never been this way before. So I want you to realize that if you're a saint or an ain't, I don't know who was the one that originally coined that, but that's what, it, that's what it amounts to. If you are a lost sheep, you are protected. You will be saved at some point. That'll be up to God, and, and we, can't, we can't make you move. We can't, it doesn't, how many, uh, how many times that you've raised your hand, how many times that people have talked to you, it won't happen until the Lord wants it to. But when it does, you won't be able to think about anything else. And my hope for you tonight if you've not yet come to see the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, is that something in these words tonight will move your heart and help you to understand how much you're loved in an unloving world. It's a, it's a thing, we, we call this a sanctuary. We come here to be preached to, for the, for the word to be touched. As if we're saying that... That word works in our hearts and we just, you know, we're always hearing something a little different in, in a little way. And I just want you to understand as, as the saints, our mission, whether it be evangelistic or what, is to see the lost sheep come to the Lord. I don't think there's going to be too many goats or wolves in this setting. For one thing, it, it, it's just, uh, you know, I, I know most of you, and I, I think I understand that um, uh, you're here because you want to be here. And tonight, I'm here because I want to be here. Um, I, I really do appreciate the uh, opportunity to stand here and proclaim this is my effort in evangelism for you. So... The fact is, if you're a saint, you're a saint. Um, if you're a sheep, 
you know, that analogy we've talked about before. And if you are a sheep, you might be a mean sheep. You might be a curious sheep. You might be a fearful sheep. There's sheep of every color, of every design. But you're a sheep. You got to keep, as we keep on keeping on, working our way to sanctification through the Lord and through all these different things, the church, you just got to keep on keeping on. And remember, you're a sheep. Don't be discouraged. Don't think that at some point that you turn into a goat. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen that way. Um, the lost sheep are maybe the ones that I'm directing what I've got to say tonight. I know the saints know most of this. This is a popular uh, scripture that you've probably heard a hundred different ways. We won't be real deep tonight, but I do want you to understand what Paul talks about here. I want you to fellowship with me in the word. And maybe that has a calming effect on me and you, but that's, that's as far as we're going tonight, is with the word. Um, I try to think up good little stories I can tell you, but it's never as good as what you're going to get out of this book. So I'm going to, I'm going to read through verse 14, one, uh, Ephesians 1, 1 through 14, and then we're going to come back, and I'm going to take it verse by verse and explain to you what I understand, and I hope, I hope you enjoy it. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good will, the good pleasure of his will. Verse 6, in the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he, purpo which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to, his counsel, to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. Oh, my. Uh, if I think if, if somebody told me you can only have one book of the Bible and, and maybe one commentary, I think I'd take these six chapters in Ephesians and do just as good a job as I could and tear it out and put it in my pocket. I think it tells us more right here than what we will probably ever truly understand. We can't, we can understand more when he opens our eyes to it. Listen, I understand it. If, if you've not come to the place that you uh, understand the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't understand this. That's Bible. You just can't. It's gobbledygook. You know, we can, we can talk about it, read it all day long. You can't receive it until the Father allows you to receive it. So let's go back to verse 1. I've been studying this for a couple of weeks now, and I, I read through these 14 verses, and every time I read it, it's so good. I wish I'd have known that at an early age. I might have been an evangelist or something. I've never been a pastor. You tell the grand that day, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. That's the reason Paul is an apostle. It was because of the will of God. We all know the story. Paul was on the road to Damascus. He was not on the road to go be uh, tapped on the shoulders and be made an apostle. He was going to kill and arrest Christians. You know, he was, you've heard the, the, the story in Scripture that he stood and held the capes of the people while they stoned Stephen. He was a Sanhedrin. He was that, that bunch that we know, the Pharisees, the, that, that, whole, that whole group of people that just thought they were better than everybody. Okay, so Paul is the apostle, and he's writing this to the saints. We could stop right there. Some, some versions, as I've, only because I've studied this most recently, they eliminate this part where it says to the Ephesians and the faithful in Christ Jesus. But it doesn't matter to me who it's to because the very first words are to the saints. We are the saints. This is the holy word of God, and, and I accept it totally and completely. So he's writing this as much to me as he was any Ephesian or any church in Asia. Paul's communicating this, trying to tell you who he is in representation of the Lord. Verse 2 says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants you to know that the grace to you and the peace that you have is from God the Father and Jesus Christ together. It's, it's just a wonderful, calming thing in times of, times of uh, you know, bad times. Verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, blessed be the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and all that we know that he did through Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. 
You know, people, those Old Testament prophets didn't even know some of the things we know today. They, didn't, they weren't privileged to have it. We now have the written word, and as we'll see in a later verse, the mystery of Christ and, the, and all that was going on has been revealed to us. It wasn't revealed back then. It's revealed now. And it's now that we need to understand what God has done, through, done for us and to us through Christ. That is what it's all about. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, I tried to think of something we could do as soon as we saw where our part is in here. Maybe we could uh, try to stand on our heads when we find out where we, what, we, what, we, what part we had in this. But I'm just going to continue on, and I'm thinking you're going to figure out we didn't have any part in this. So verse 4 says, just as he, capital H, chose us in him, another capital H, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. It's powerful, people, and look. I don't understand it either. That's one of the hardest things for me to understand is why he chose me. I mean, you get to think of them. If, if, if whatever you want to call it, doctrine of election, predestination, if it does anything other than humble you, you have missed the point. Because there is nothing, what are you, you're going to step back and say, nana, nana, boo, boo, I got it and you ain't? No. No, all of a sudden we understand that the people that don't understand it can't. The parables that were told by Jesus were to confuse those so that they would not understand. You know that? The scripture supports it when he talks about telling the parables so that the saints would understand. We get it. It's clear. But those that don't can't. I don't know if they're lost sheep or if they're goats, but we should feel for them either way. Because until they've been to that point and understand, until they've had their eyes open, just like Paul on the road to Damascus, they won't get it. They can't get it. I struggle with that. Uh, that ain't fair. You know, it's just, you know, you can't, God is just, God is good. And I know we'll understand this more toward the end. Verse 5, having predestined, so many people struggle with that, oh my goodness. People in my own family that, that just, they just reject it. It's a worrisome thing to just reject scripture that's just plain is it plain, saints? Is it plain to you what this is saying? He chose us. It's not because you got hysterical at one point, run up an island and said, Lord, save me. That's a result of what he did for us. He opened your eyes that you could run to him. That's the most amazing thing. That is amazing grace. 
having predestined us to the adoption as sons. We are adopted. It's, it's binding. It's a legal document for the Lord. And he'd, he obviously would never back up on his contract. As sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Why did he do it? It was done by Jesus Christ to himself according to his good pleasure. That's it. It was not because he looked down through the through time and saw that you were going to be a good guy at some point and decide to give your life. He did this for you, to you. And it was all done according to the good pleasure of his will. Can't explain that. I just can't. I don't, how, do you, how do you explain that? That's, that's a God thing. And I'm really thinking we won't really, truly understand that until we're with him. And this flesh has been shed and, and even more of the scales have been removed from as we see through that glass darkly now as the Bible talks about it and, and that we will be able to see clearly. Oh, that's why I did it. That's why, it, whatever. You know, I mean, we understand it was for his good pleasure. It was not for anything we have done. Don't struggle with your salvation, people. It's not about you. If you are a saint, it's because God loved you. And he loved you way before you ever did what you did. What are you struggling with? Something you, something you did? Something you didn't do? That's what I have a problem with. That's not so much what I do. I mean, I'm <laughs> I started to say I'm not a saint or anything. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not, it's not something that we do. A lot of times, it's what we don't do. It's the it's the people that I don't need to see and visit and and break bread with and fellowship with. And I just you know, as an elder, you get you get to feeling like you're just kind of stuck in this rut and you should be doing more and this. And it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about what the Lord has done. It's what God did through Christ and His blood shed for you. Verse 6, I think I already read, we'll go back. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the blood. To the praise of the glory of his grace. It's not even your grace. It's a grace that you've accepted because you get it when, you, when you've had your eyes exposed and you can look right straight into where you're going into uh, a burning and a real hell that you can repent or turn away and say thank you Lord for what you've done because I, I would have never seen it I would have never I would have never understood had it not been for you and I and I get that part of it I just wouldn't I wouldn't get it and there's too many people I've had too many friends in years past and still don't get it they think everything is just just a happy time and and you know they don't need to do this they don't need they don't need church all that stuff. There's a different day coming. Verse 7 says, In him, capital H, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. 
Where do we come in there? Where do we, what, what, what do we do? We don't do anything. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 9, having made known to us, this is, now this is a, what I was talking about earlier, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself not in anything else not in anything that you did he doesn't do any of this he does it because it makes him happy for himself he can't possibly think that we would understand he knows he knows just how shallow we really are I mean there's a lot of people come a lot closer to the depths of the truth of this and, and you can go oh my goodness this one book of Ephesians when you start going through the commentaries it will make your eyes bug out I mean there is so much there there is so much depth you can go just as deep as you want to and you know keep it light like me and there's still depth to this to this portion of scripture it's just it's a um, hope that we can see in to part of what he's saying here it's all done purposed in himself verse 10 that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him okay I had a, I had an idea but I wanted to find out what dispensation meant I know we all we're probably pretty uh, pretty familiar with it. it it goes into talking about time but here's the thing there's a couple of dispensation an actor instance <coughs> I'm sorry an act or instance of dispensing distribution but down to the number four this is this is a secular dictionary now dictionary.com to be exact theology the a meaning is the divine ordering of the affairs of the world b says an appointment arrangement or favor as by god and the third of through the theology is a divinely appointed order or age. And it references uh, the old Mosaic, the Jewish dispensation, the new gospel, or the Christian dispensation. The dispensation just at that time. Now look what it says in verse 10. That in the dispensation, in that time of the fullness of times, that's when it all comes together in the fullness of times. It's a future event. He, capital H, might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. How many times have we heard that? 
in him, to him, for him, he, it's all going to happen and when it's, we're all gathered together in him. Verse 11 says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance. We get something. We get an inheritance. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Have we entered into this yet? Other than it being something that's, that's manifest to us? It's all about him. We have obtained an inheritance being predestined to that according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Here's where, here's where it gets good. And you might think you've got a part in this. In verse 12 it says that we who first trusted in Christ. Well, there you go. See, I first trusted in Christ, except it goes on to say, should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. You trusted in him after he opened your eyes to see right straight down into the pits of hell. Something has to do a work in your heart before you can ever receive anything of the Lord. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. You got the Father, and you've got the Son, and now right here you've got the Holy Spirit that is the one that seals you to understand all the things we've just been talking about. Now, where did, where did we come in? Where are we in this? We are his. We are his. And that's, that's, thank the good Lord that he seemed fit to do it all on his own because he knew that we wouldn't. It, it's, do you get it? Do you see it? I mean, doubt it? Forget it? I just recently heard a, well, as a matter of fact, I, I sent some of you the, the um, podcast of John O'Sims that was here and um, David Miller. He, he just recently did a three-part series and interviewed David, and he, he went into a lot of detail of his wife and uh, how, how the Alzheimer's pretty much ravaged her brain and, you know, completely changed her personality. And, you know, we worry about uh, Karen's mom, my mother-in-law. She's, she's just now, we're just seeing the, the severity of remembrance, but she's right now, it's, it's so sweet because she's all about the Lord. And she goes to church and she says stuff that just embarrasses, the <laughs> you know, that everybody's, oh man, I can't believe she just said that. She's always talking about the, 
the pastor's kids that are adopted Chinese kids, right? Uh, she can't get it through her head that, that uh, uh, they, they just looked at She's 90 years old, and she's having the same struggles. It doesn't matter. You can completely, you can, you can get hit in the head. You can be, uh, you can have a brain tumor. How many times have we heard this thing? And I've heard some of these little old ladies because of this disease that they will cuss you upside and one down the other. It's not about them. And it's, you know, the fact that the Lord uh, leaves them here, the, the special saints that, that struggle with the disease and the illness of this. I mean, it's the same for everybody. He loves you just as much as he does me. Probably more so. We're all, we're all in this together. Don't doubt what the Lord has given you. Dig a little deeper. Try to understand just how far he's come with you in all of this. I know it's, it's a... It's a um, I mean, I'm talking about in the last 15 years since we've been here at Grace and, and what we've been subjected to as far as teaching and and now we've got Legrand, and he's he's picking up and going, and uh, I'm just absolutely blown away of what's happening here at Grace Community. Look, people, there's churches every day closing their doors, every day, because they haven't recovered from COVID, or maybe they're just they just people just fall away. You know, there's a, there's a lot of doctrine there. There's a lot of things going on, you know. We don't know who the goats are. We really don't know who the sheep are. But as we fellowship together and understand one another, I think it's pretty evident. I think I can, I don't, obviously I don't see anybody here tonight. That it, but uh, it's, it's one of those things you can't know. You know, it's, it's, it's God's mystery. It's God's deal. It's not about you. Don't struggle, easy for me to say, with your salvation. These verses right here should speak to your heart and help you to understand more. And, it, and if, if you dive into this and you just, just take a little farther, just go a little farther, what the Lord has done for you, and it's not because he knew you were going to study harder into the Word. It's not because uh, you took care of Aunt Maple. I mean, it just, it's not about what you do. It's not about what you don't do. It's about the will of the Father and how he works in our lives. You know, we've all heard the same verse. The, the works of righteousness that we put out there are as filthy rags. They're, they're nothing to him. They're nothing to him. So why do we do it? Well, we've been commanded. We understand it. We get it. We've had our eyes open to it. This is why we do it. Because God has asked us to. He's commissioned us to go ye therefore. Tell the people. So, I want you to be encouraged. I don't want you to dread work day tomorrow. I don't want you to have to uh, think about what, be, what might be coming down the road. What the family problems are. What the financial problems are. It's just a little while. None of us are getting out of here alive unless the Lord comes back. So don't worry about it.
I love each and every one of you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word is the amazing grace that we talk about. Father, the things that you do for us, that even in this life, Lord, are untold or or misunderstood. Father, the things you do for us that are hidden, we don't even know, Lord, what you've protected us from. And Lord, I just thank you for your spirit that works in me to help me understand and to help me grow. And Lord, I just pray that uh, I would never... uh, be found uh, doing anything that would hinder the kingdom, Lord, or that would uh, make things worse for this flock. Lord, I once again thank you for this flock. I just pray, Lord, that you would love each one of us through each other, that you would make us stronger, that you would help us to be more understanding, that you would help us to uh, just grow, Lord, spiritually. Lord, we thank you for sending us a pastor and his family, Lord, that uh, is just doing such a great job. We're just so thankful, Lord, for the work uh, that he's doing here. And Lord, I just pray now that you would bless his efforts in Africa as he goes, therefore. Lord, be with us now as we leave this place. Uh, Lord, maybe that would be conversations that would be sparked because of these words in the scripture. Lord, I just pray that you would help us, remind us, Lord, to give you all the praise and the glory for all of it. In Jesus' name, I pray.